Welcome to Still Dead from Chipperish Media. I am story expert and master's pet, Lonnie Diane Rich. And I'm researcher and make-believe fairy tale cup, Dr. Kelly Jones. And we're here today to talk about Angel Season 5, Episodes 7 and 8, Lineage and Destiny, both of which are watchers. This sold ex-ghost vampire has got some corporeal drinking to catch up on, so let's raise the stakes. lineage, Dark Wesley is back and better than ever, running a covert scheme to infiltrate a gun-selling operation. He enlists Fred to help, but all hell breaks loose as they're attacked by a cyborg and Fred is hurt. While reeling from Angel's anger and Fred's fury at Wesley's regret over her injury, Wesley gets another blow. His father shows up at Wolfram and Hart, offering Wesley a chance to clear his name and rejoin what's left of the Watcher's Council. Wesley tries to convince the distant and condescending Mr. Price that they're doing good work at Wolfram and Hart, but the firm is attacked by cyborg ninjas. In the ensuing chaos, Mr. Price knocks Wesley out and steals a staff from the safe, one he plans to use to steal Angel's will and turn him into a puppet for whoever is behind the cyborgs. On the roof, Wesley gets the staff, but Mr. Price turns a gun on Fred, and before he can finish threatening her, Wesley shoots his father, only to discover that this Mr. Price is, in fact, a cyborg. Lineage aired on November 12, 2003. It was directed by Jefferson Kibbe and written by Drew Goddard. And oh my God, Dr. Jones, you know, I never remember this episode. When I go back through, I never think about it. But this is a freaking fantastic episode, and I love it. I love it too. And I didn't remember it. Like the beginning. Right. They're t- and I'm like, what's going on? Wolfram and Hart selling guns? I don't remember this. I don't remember this. Right. And then I was like, oh my God, I remember how this ends. <laughs> I know. And how it ends is everything. But before we get into that on the perfect happiness scale with Stake This at Zero and Lost Your Soul at Six, Kelly, where are you with Lineage? Oh, I gave this my whole soul. Perfect sex. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we get Dark Wesley. Mm-hmm. We get Dark Wesley and Badass Fred. We get Dark Wesley and Badass Fred and Spike. Yeah. It's just perfect. It's some good stuff. I got a 6-2. All Woo-hoo! the things that you listed, I listed, along with the confirmation that nobody has forgotten about the affair with Lila. <laughs> he still has a dollar bill in his wallet. I know he does. You know he does. You know he does. But I just love this. I was like, oh, my God, we just woke back up to, to yeah. Dark Wesley. Like, yeah. Like, what? Yeah. How? Why? I love it. I don't care. I don't care. Just, as, long as, <laughs> as long as I have my Wesley the way I like him, dark, then I'm fine. Right? And there were so many moments of perfect happiness. Like, him coming in to that, you know, right at the beginning with those badass gun runner guys and he's like yeah. if i'd known this was going to be a seminar i'd have worn my name tag and i was like my name tag says i love dark wesley <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's so great i love that whole thing that whole run in the opening is just so great and even the ridiculous when he hops out from behind the thing both guns shooting it is one of the most ridiculous we see this all the time in these action movies and it's freaking ridiculous I don't care when Wesley does it. I freaking love it. Yep. When I get double pistol Wesley, I just put like a little Aww. smiley face for Lonnie in my notes. I know. And, but I love the words. Like there is something yeah. about the way Wesley speaks when he's mm-hmm. gone dark. 
Yeah. It's like this total control over his dialogue mm-hmm. and delivery. Um, but when that bad guy's like, I just want to make sure we know where we stand. And Wesley's like, right now you're standing on the brink of my patience. And I'm like, oh hello, baby. I love it. I just want somebody to come up and ask me where we stand so that I can say that. I want that line. <laughs> right. And then Fred comes in all mm. badass and swagger. Yes. And Emil is like, now who is this? And Wesley says, she's my muscle. And I'm like, I oh, know. my God. I, I love, love Fred it. like this. And then she's like, oh, you're turned on by a woman with a gun. What a surprise. It's so great. It's so great. And we get this, you know, super competent, badass, dark Wesley. Mm-hmm. And then he's completely thrown because Fred gets hurt. Yeah. Angel's furious with him over Fred getting hurt. And then when he's like expressing that guilt to Fred, she's mad because he's yeah. being, con- you know, condescending to her. Mm-hmm. And then his freaking father shows up. <laughs> like, we're going to hit all of Wesley's weak points. Like, bam, 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 I bam, bam. No, it's the best. I it's love it. It's so good. And he has I to switch it. from mm-hmm. this, you know, badass calm mode mm-hmm. that he has to like yeah. the same calm, but the. Unless I'm very much mistaken, I just activated this bomb. Right. While his father is like, oh, that's because you misinterpreted these hieroglyphics. And he fixes Mm -hmm. it. And I'm just like, oh, Wesley, you are having the worst day. Like, uh, but when his father tells that story about Wesley when he's seven years old, trying to use a resurrection spell on a dead bird. Yeah. I'm like, my heart, my heart. I just can't. I know it's so sweet, and of course his dad is using it as a way to take a shot at him, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's so sweet. It's just sweet, baby. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And and so many details, like down to the fact that his password is Elysium, mm-hmm. like the afterlife of heroes, yeah. and also one of my favorite Mary Sharpen and also one of my favorite Mary Shapen Carpenter songs. And I was like, oh. Wesley, I love you so. I much <laughs> and and then we get like true dark wesley back yeah so he's fighting mm-hmm. the cyborg and he's figuring out if he can torture this mm-hmm. creature and he says you can feel pain good yeah and i'm like oh my god there is something wrong with me that I, I like know. this so much. No, it's so good. I love it. I know. And I keep thinking like the way that I love Wesley, like Wesley, when he's goofy, I'm like, eh, okay. But Wesley, when he's dark. Yes. Yes. I mean, really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when he's up on the roof, like confronting his dad. Yeah. He says, I've done everything you've ever asked and I've done it well. What is it that galls you so that I was never as good at the job as you or that I just may be better? Oh, I mean, just the whole dialogue, this whole episode is so perfect. Mm -hmm. And and when he shoots him, like, yeah, dude just turns his gun in the direction of Fred. And before he can even get the threat out of his mouth. Yes. Wesley kills him. Just done. I know. And then I love that, too, because here we have Wesley just shooting him. I like not once, not twice, like four or five times, like boom, boom, mm-hmm. boom, boom, boom. The guy goes down and then you see him stumble and drop the gun and go throw up. And yep. it is, you know, it's in this moment, it's so powerful. And then he just disintegrates 
Oh my God. And the performance on that with Alexis Denisoff is unbelievable. It's so good. Oh, it's so perfect. It's mm-hmm. so perfect. And and then we get some good there there's some stuff with Angel in here that I don't like, but mm-hmm. the Wesley Angel love story here. Yeah. When Angel tells him you do what you have to do to protect the people around you. You do what you know is right, regardless of the cost. And Wesley has no idea yeah. what Angel's talking about. Mm-hmm. But like it almost felt because in the beginning, you know, Angel's mad at him. It almost felt like yeah. he was forgiving him for Connor here. Yeah. Maybe yeah. completely for the first time. Yeah. And but I think this this moment at the end with Wesley and Fred And Fred, ever the eternal sweet optimist, you know, Mm -hmm. says part of you knew it wasn't him, you know, with like with Mr. Price being a cyborg. And Wesley says, no, I was sure it was him. Mm -hmm. And Fred's like, he was threatening your friends. And Wesley says he was threatening you. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, I know. uh, Like, I'm not a fan of a grand gesture proposal, but honestly, I would have let that one slide. Oh, you know what? And the thing is, it wasn't that he did it as a grand gesture. Right. You know, and here he's just being honest. He's like, no. And I mean, the thing is that Wesley has been sitting around waiting for, I don't know, Fred to make the first move, I guess. Like, put your goddamn hat in the ring and tell this woman how you feel about her and let her make a choice. And this is the closest we get to him actually doing that, Mm -hmm. where he looks at her and he says he was threatening you. Yeah. He pointed a gun at you, so I shot him. I mean, and Fred knows at that point, you yeah. know? Yep. But God, it's so good. It's so good. And then at mm-hmm. the very end when he calls his dad and he's like, oh, I just wanted God. to see how you were. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're killing me. This episode is just taking my heart I and know. just smashing it. And his father's so freaking cruel to him, oh, you know, even God. over the phone when you can only hear Wesley's side of the conversation. Yep. Yes, there are clocks in Los Angeles, you know? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's so, it's so good. It's so damn good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like Spike. Like, normally, if Spike is just the comedy mule, I'm not a big yeah. fan of Goofy mm-hmm. Spike. But in this episode, it worked for me. I think because of yeah. the intensity around Wesley. Yes. That I really mm-hmm. appreciated the humor that Spike brought. Right. Um, like <laughs> when they were talking about the cyborgs, and Spike is like, sex with robots is more common than most people <laughs> think. I just died. I just died. <laughs> like, it's very cute. It's very cute. It's very cute. And then I'm like, okay, well, in the last episode, we had the devil inventing a robot. And now we mm-hmm. have these cyborgs. And like, where is that freaking episode? And and I need these answers. Um, right. But I love that from Spike because he's just not ashamed. He's right. like, you yeah. know? Yeah. That's what I love a, about Spike. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. is a thing people do. And mm-hmm. I just... And, you know, when Mr. Price is so, you know, and rightfully so, horrified to meet Spike. Right. And he's like, in 1963, we fell upon you slaughtering an orphanage in Vienna and you killed two of my men before you escaped. And Spike's like, oh, how have you been? I know, I love (laughs) it. It's just like... It's so great. It's so great. And then when they're, they're all getting the facts together at the end, and Spike just jumps up and he's like, when Percy was young, he was known as Head Boy. I have nothing else to report. <laughs> I, it's just, I love that I, he calls him Percy. Percy, right? And I'm like, 
Okay, were the Harry Potter books out then, or is this just Percy as a general? Oh, they may have been really early. Kind of name. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Percy, I think, is one of those kinds of names. Yeah, yeah. it was, but yeah. it was just really funny. And I love Spike concentrating so he can punch the cyborg I and know, save I Gun. I love it. I like, love it. That was really good. Yeah. And he's like, I have to focus. And it was just so cute. And then when Eve is stuck in the elevator and Spike's like, to be honest, I don't even care. And like he's three beat of him trying to tell people that Eve is stuck in the elevator. elevator. And then finally he's like, oh, I don't care. And I I absolutely love that because I didn't care either. Right? (laughs) Let her her sit in the elevator. Who cares? It's Eve. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and Mm -hmm. I mean, just everything in this episode. Like, I want a magic source book. From Wolfram mm-hmm. and Hart more than yeah. I want anything oh, else I can that can come imagine. in a box. Right? right. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, it's so great. And Angel and Spike both trying to comfort Wesley by telling him how they killed their parents. Like, I know. it's funnier <laughs> than it should be. And I think there's something wrong with me. But And then when Fred comes in, he's like, if you're trying to comfort me by telling me about how you killed your parents, maybe another time. No, I know. <laughs> I know. But then we did get two things from Mr. Price that I actually really appreciated. Um, when he meets Lorne and he's like, entertainment division. I can see how that would be very useful in the fight against evil. And Gunn just comes in so smooth and he's like, mm-hmm. you'd be amazed at how many horrible movies we've stopped. <laughs> so good. Aww. It was so good. But Mr. Price's shiny moment mm-hmm. is when he calls Angel a puppet. Uh-huh. And he said, he's a puppet. He always has been to the powers that be to Wolfram and Hart. And I'm like, yes, puppet, yes. shout out. Yes. Puppet angel. <laughs> puppet angel. I just love it so yes. much. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. So mostly the entire episode delighted me. And I only had, like, I was going to stake Mr. Price. But yes. the thing is, I hate him, but he's perfect. For this story. Yeah, he's terrible, but he's good. You yeah. Know, like the character is an asshole, you know, mm-hmm. and he's awful. But Roy Dotrice, who plays uh, Mr. Price, is fantastic in the role and absolutely perfect in every way. So, I mean, he's terrible, but for the narrative and the acting and the writing for him is great. So I wouldn't yeah. stake him. I'd actually put him in the uh, in the moments of perfect happiness because though he's awful, yeah. you know, he's also perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I didn't stake him, but I did want to stake like there's like this combination of Angel and Eve mm-hmm. that I'm so sick of Angel being a dick. Like stop yeah. being a dick, Angel. Mm-hmm. And when he gets so mad at Wesley for bringing Fred along at the beginning, he says, yeah. from now on, you clear it with me before using any of my people. And I'm like, what the hell is Wesley if not one of Angel's people? Right. You and know? also, like, yeah, I don't know. And the thing is, Angel being mad at Wesley because of Connor was something that I really thought we'd gotten past, mm-hmm. you know, like a while ago. And so Angel mourning Connor. Well, first of all, we're not doing enough with Angel mourning Connor as no. it is. We don't have enough textual evidence of that and we're not really seeing that mourning happening but like being still angry at Wesley and also you know you you check in with me before you use any of my people and like what does that 
mean? Like, what yeah. is, I don't understand what that's about. It's not about, if he had run off and done something because, like, this is the thing. Like, Eve has this whole thing. Are you worried about the next time Wesley betrays you trying to do what's right, right? So what they were doing with this gun running is, like, kind of what's right. But, like, if, if Wesley had done something believing it was the right thing to do and then, you know, there'd been some consequences or whatever... Um, you know, maybe if we had like a, I think a clearer analog for like when he kidnapped Connor. Yeah. But this, it's not a clear analog. So it doesn't really fit. And it just makes Angel look like a dick. And if he wants to say something about when you decide alone that you're, you know, going to do the right thing. But also like Angel was right there seeming like he was waiting to you know come right? in if it went bad so like i i thought angel was part of the plan because he just busted right in and also can we just say what is up with angel and windows why does he hate windows so much <laughs> they're the a personal or actually loves windows him. hates doors does not want to... This guy has cracked more glass with his forehead than anybody in the entire universe of television and movies combined. Like, he, you know, he gets thrown through a glass window last week. He mm -hmm. jumps through the window and breaks all the glass. Like, there are... These people came in through doors. There are other ways <laughs> to come into that space. Like, why does he have to bust through a window every single time you know it's like become his know. signature entrance i don't know but yeah it, i don't it, know what that is but it gives it me feels a little feeling, drama queeny to me i'm it, not gonna lie yeah it does like he's got to bust in and save everybody but right the conversation with him and eve like i think it's smart of wolfman Hart, but it's also getting on my nerves that the only person angel can talk to about connor is eve and she's obviously playing him like we don't know yeah. what she's up to but she's up to something Right. Mm -hmm. And and like sliding that in to make him concerned about Wesley. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you. but I feel like Angel's being motivated by these conversations that we're not seeing. So you can't really know where his mind is. Right. And it's just a little bit like, but that was it. That was all yeah. I was going to stake because mm -hmm. this episode was so good. It's such um, a good episode. <laughs> it's so good. But it, but yeah. the, the research mode, I feel like I'm hitting the same. It's like whack-a-mole research mm -hmm. questions, right? Yeah. How does this damn memory spell work? Because Wesley says right. he remembers decapitating Lila. So, like, we know he's got that part. So but... they must have had the whole beast thing and Jasmine thing happen. But where she came from wasn't because of Connor. Although she required the, you know, specific set of. It, of happenstance that there was this impossible life that he was given when he went to the trial to save Darla. Like it's all, it's all so complex. And like, what, how far do we erase Connor? And then how do we explain the things that happened because of Connor? Because the beast and Jasmine and Cordelia all happened, you know, according to Jasmine, according to the story, like because of Connor. So without Connor in there, what is the explanation for all of that stuff? Like, I guess they just rewrote it, the parts that had Connor. I don't know. Like, I yeah. don't understand. I, I don't know. And But and he definitely didn't kidnap Connor. So when did Wesley go dark? And how did he go dark? And how did he start messing with Lila? And what happened? Right. Right. His friends didn't cut his throat and abandon him. Like, what's going on? Yes. 
So yes. it, yeah, it drives me crazy. Um, and the amulet is starting to feel like that same whack-a-mole research question. Who sent yeah. it? Who's behind yeah. it? Like Spike, it, you know, is asking Eve, why am I here? Why don't they just let me go? And Eve's like, who says the amulet was meant for Angel? And I'm like, first of all, I'd like to hear Eve answer questions without it being a question. Yeah. But I, uh, I'm like, okay, just please explain. Like this has gone on. Mm-hmm long enough yeah and then i cracked myself up because i watched the episode twice and thoroughly enjoyed it both times and it wasn't until the end of the second watch that i said oh but wait like who's behind the cyborg (laughs) right i don't know i don't know because they're all just cyborgs that came in and wanted to to control angel and bring him back where yeah like Like, what were they where who what who what I like, don't know. I don't I know don't and know. I don't care because it's also good. But still, yes, it's it's a valid question. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So it feels like there's a big bad at work, but we have mm-hmm. absolutely nothing to go on. Yeah. For whoever that is. But it doesn't matter because I'm going to brood from mm-hmm. that happy place. Lineage is a watcher because Dark Wesley is back in all his dark glory. And someone is going to great lengths to try to take control of Angel. And the Shan Chu prophecy could apply to Angel or Spike. And Eve is up to something. And we don't know how the memory spell works. But we know that Wesley remembers Lila. And that is what matters most. All right. And with that, we're going to move on to episode eight of season five, Destiny. Destiny, Spike gets a package in the mail that is a flash of light, and boom, he's corporeal again. First priority, sex with Harmony. Because Spike. But almost (laughs) immediately, the fabric of reality starts to fray, and people are bleeding out of their eyes and attacking each other, including Harmony, who bites Spike, and not in the fun, sexy way. Eve reports that having two vampires with souls messing with the Shanshu prophecy is sending reality on a wild tilt. Wesley is taking a much-needed break after kind of killing his father, so they go to Rutherford Cirque, who tells them that there is a cup of perpetual torment, and whichever soul pyre can get to it first <laughs> wins the Shanshu Destiny jackpot. Angel and Spike both rush for it, nearly killing each other in the process, only to find out when Spike wins and drinks that it's a fake. It's just Mountain Dew, which is an additional insult because... Ew. Mountain Dew. (laughs) Rutherford Cirque disappears. The senior partners step in and stabilize the weirdness. And all is, I guess, well is a bit of an overstatement, but whatever. Eve goes home and talks to someone we can't see, saying that everyone fell for it and the senior partners are none the wiser. Then she crawls into bed with a heavily tattooed man, and it is Lindsay McDonald, (laughs) y'all. And also, there were a bunch of narratively unnecessary flashbacks of Angelus and Spike and whatever. Destiny aired on November 19th, 2003. It was directed by Skip Skulnick and written by David Fury and Stephen S. DeKnight. Okay, Kelly. So here we are with Destiny coming off of the almost pitch perfect lineage. So where are you on the perfect happiness scale with Stake This at Zero and Lost Your Soul at Six? So I gave this a four. Um, the episode is a three, but it gets a bonus point because, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Lindsay. Lindsay is Lindsay. back. And, and he's covered, covered in tattoos. tattoos. And I Lonnie, Lindsay is back. <laughs> Lindsay's back. Lindsay's back. Lindsay's back. I just can't. Like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gave it a three. 
Well, uh-huh. I would say it's a two, but I gave it a three because <laughs> Lindsay was back. Oh, my God. Enough with the flashbacks already. And Spike and Angel bickering is getting super old, super fast. And also way too much Eve, which means we had some Eve. But Lindsay coming back. Yeah. No, that's some good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, Moments of Perfect Happiness. I didn't have a whole lot. Uh, Lindsay. Lindsay. I mean, Lindsay is number one. Lindsay, deeply tattooed and coming back to wreak a little havoc. Hell, yes. Yeah. I love it. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't particularly care for, you know, Eve, but we'll get to that when we get to staking it. So he's just there for like a second at the end, but it is such a great moment, you know, because we're already like, okay, well, Eve's bad, but we knew Eve was bad. And so you're not at all surprised during this final monologue where she's like, and the senior partners don't know anything. And yet yada 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 with they fell for it just like you said they would blah 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 but then when she gets in bed with Lindsay, i was like okay all right fair enough i'm in <laughs> i will put up with all of the eve if it brings me Lindsay. i prefer Lindsay without eve but whatever. <laughs> um also i had i had some fun with harmony and spike i thought yes! that it was really cute i mean you know spike getting corporeal again you know is kind of fun he finally is like, when he walks into the door and he's like boom <laughs> He's going to have to learn to open doors again. Um, But it's just so cute where he's like, I'm going to take your gal Friday for a little while. She's like, you think I'm just going to turn around and be with you? And she's like, that's a very pretty skirt you're wearing. (laughs) Well, I love he like grabs Angel's mug. Oh, yeah. He's like, okay, blood, coffee, sex. I'm like, yes, Spike, you have your priorities in order. Absolutely. And I love that he wants an office. Like, it made yes. me so happy. <laughs> I know. Well, and I mean, who could possibly blame him? Like, a ghost needs their own space. Right. You know, I think that that's... And it's a big building. Angel could have given him a space to go to or a space that could have been his, you know? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so it was... It's really... It's fun to see him corporeal. It's fun to have him back, you know, mm-hmm. to have all of Spike back. Um, I also like, in the end, this you know, kind of realization that Angel has where he's like, Spike won. He just wanted it more, you know? And he he absolutely beat Angel. Angel did not let him win. He beat Angel. And he got the stupid cup. And just, you know, that haunts Angel a little bit. And I think that that's that's kind of a neat moment for him, you know, Mm -hmm. to realize that he's kind of losing maybe a little bit of his edge, you know? Yeah. Um, Also, I have to say, like, I didn't, Hmm. I didn't care for the the bleeding eyes, although I I did think it was kind of a neat like the way that they did it looked almost like this very perfect, you know, smudged mascara, which was kind of a neat effect. So like the way that they did it was okay. Uh-huh. But like the, the eyes and the blood and all the weirdness was like whatever. But I mean when the guy comes out and he's like, Nobody replaces the toner. And like, you know, I get it, man. I get yeah. it. Like and, I hear you. Yeah. The fact that he wrote toner in blood above the printer. <laughs> I'm just, oh my God. Like we all know that guy, you know, we've yep. all worked with that guy. Um, so that was kind of fun, you know, and I, I appreciated that. I sympathized with how frustrating sometimes that can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I love Fred when she's running everything and she's working the problem and she's figuring stuff out. And then when she's talking about it, she's like, that's just the tip of the Fritzberg. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's cute. I love Fred. Yeah, and I love Gunn, like when they're mm-hmm. talking to Sark, and Gunn just looks yeah. over and says, I miss Wesley. <laughs> I miss Wesley. 
We all miss Wesley. We all miss Wesley. <laughs> and I like Gunn calling out Eve. You know, yes. he's like, mm-hmm. like, I, I mean, I, I feel bad for Gunn getting whammied again and going evil yeah. again. But he's like, who are you really? What's in there? Show me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, right. yeah, yeah. Gun, valid questions. And I love him when he goes up to talk to the, the big know, the, cat. The big <laughs> cat like that he's howling a bit. Terrible sound. It's like the elevator opens into a howling abyss, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard a howling abyss? It's not good, people. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. So I did really appreciate Gun yeah. in this yeah, episode. No. It was really fun. So that's about all I got for moments of even adequate happiness. And then <laughs> there's a lot of staking to be done. And of course, you know, I'm going to start with the stupid freaking flashbacks because look, all right, it is always fun to see Drew again, but nothing in those flashbacks was narratively necessary. There was no new information. We've already seen Spike and Angelus fighting each other over Drew in season two of Buffy. And now here's Drew, who is apparently just happy being passed back and forth between them like a goddamn rag doll. Mm. You know, Angel's holding her and her little arms are out to Spike like she's fucking with him, too. And like, I don't know, there's something about her being passed around like an object between them. Yeah, that drives me crazy because Spike genuinely loved Drew. I believe that Spike mm-hmm. genuinely loved Drew. I don't know that she ever necessarily genuinely loved him, but Spike genuinely loved Drew. And so I can see her sleeping with Angel and I can see her making that choice, but they absolutely take all of her agency out of this entirely. And she's being passed back and forth like a goddamn object. And she's not. She is a modern vampiress. can decide who she wants to sleep with herself and that that her sleeping with angel is all about angel and Mm -hmm. not about her making that choice like all of that drives me crazy because the only people with any agency in that are the men and it just really really annoyed me um now the idea one thing we do get from the flashbacks which is kind of fun is this idea that spike and angelus might have gotten it on with each other and i'm definitely on board for that you know that moment when angelus says i wonder what it might be like to share the slaughter of innocence with another man and i'm like all right that's great but enough dicking around with this like bisexual thing just put your money down and have them kiss and i mean the thing is it still wouldn't be that narratively necessary but at least it would make the flashbacks a little more worth it and isn't it in david boreanaz's contract that he has to kiss everybody anyway i mean i kind of think that it is um and also you know if you're gonna make me suffer through all these stupid flashbacks at least get julie benz i know she was probably out doing something on Dexter at that point or whatever. But the whole thing is don't give me a flashback and not have Darla. Yes. You know, <laughs> if yes. you're going to make me live through a flashback, give me some friggin' Darla. Yeah. So Yeah, that was not okay. And and the whole thing like with the flashbacks and then with mm-hmm. their conversation at the end, like they're supposed to be fighting over this prophecy of like right. being the chosen one and they're just fighting over women. Like in the beginning, they're fighting over Drew. In the end, they're fighting over Buffy. Angel's all, she didn't love you because you're not me. And I'm like, oh my God, can you And I will kill you because she wouldn't like it, Spike says, you know. And the whole thing is that their relationship and their antagonism is about so much more than just like women 
you know? So I don't know. All of it I found really kind of grating and they're they're the flashbacks in general and like the the bickering between angel and spike where Mm -hmm. we have this kind of like it's it's mundane conflict it reminds me of the kind of bickering that you have in like a romance you know where you're like well we have to have some kind of conflict keeping them apart so we're just going to make them bicker and they're each going to be like oh they're so annoying but there's nothing actually there's no actual there there if you want angel and spike to have some real conflict aside from the fact that they don't don't particularly like each other, you know, um, give them some real conflict. And the thing is, is that they were, you know, together running around for, I don't know, a hundred years or whatever, yeah. you know, well, um, the, they have a history together. And the perfect seed for it was planted, like in, in a lot of that bickering, you know, mm-hmm. my stake is bigger than your stake dialogue. Mm-hmm. Spike says to Angel, Drew made me, but you made me a monster. Yes. And like that, yes. that right there. Yes. That that's, was interesting. That's the story. Like that's it the conflict. It still doesn't make it narratively, you know, but if they had run on that, right. if that had been the thing, you know, that they had, that they had had the discussion about. And if that was the thing that the real reason why Spike hates angels so much, you know? Yep. Um, but I don't know, like all of it is so soft and messy and and you know smudged because all of the motivations in this this like antagonistic relationship that they have i think that the big thing here would be that they've got this antagonism show us the love story the spike angel love story and yes i would have liked if there had been some like you know some spike and angel like genuine love mm-hmm. some, a, a little bit of that you know bisexual love I'm, I'm down for it I think that that's great you know that would have been nice to see but even without that that there is a genuine love between these two at the core that they are in a lot of ways family and brothers you know and that to to build something with that where we've got all this bickering give us the other side of that give us the love story yeah. You know, what is it about these two? And the fact that they're just fighting over women all the time, you yeah. know, like that. I don't know. It's just yeah. it's so flat. And I really, really super hated the flashbacks and did not care during any of the flashbacks. I was like, <laughs> fine. Except for that one moment where he says, I wonder what it might be like to slaughter, the, to share the slaughter of innocence with another man. I was like, ooh, oh. wait, wait, wait. I'm awake for that. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, because the, the heart of it, you know, like Angelus making Spike a monster, but yeah. And, and Spike coming back with this idea that if they're fighting for this like grand glorious champion now, yeah. Angel's soul was cursed on him and Spike went to find his. Yes. Like there's something there. There's something That's really interesting. Real. That's but an it, interesting discussion to have. Yeah, but it gets glossed over because Angel's like, oh, I heard you went to get a soul to get in some girl's pants. I'm like, can mm-hmm. this please not be about who you're sleeping with? Can like, we please stop it? Yeah. 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 No, it's, um, it's, it's, yeah, I, I don't like any of it. I don't like any of it. I think mm-hmm. I, all the flash, I mean, and the, the fighting in the now for this thing. And this idea that like Angel sometimes cares about the Shanshu and sometimes does not, mm-hmm. like doesn't make you feel like he's terribly motivated that it's just about, you know, beating Spike. And then he gives Spike that big, 
you know, speech about, you know, it's a burden and is it something you really want or is it just so that you can beat me? And then Spike's like, bit of both, actually, and then he grabs it, right? Yeah. Um, no, like, what is this really about? What is it that they, they want from it? Why do they both want the Shanshu? Do they both, do they want to be human? I mean, let's not forget the angel has been human before and yeah. gave it up. Yeah. You know? Um, so... Like this idea that the Shanshu prophecy, sometimes depending on what narrative lock we want to turn at any given time, sometimes Angel doesn't care about it, sometimes he does. But the fact is, he's already been human. That prophecy may have already come true. Because yeah. he was human for 24 hours with Buffy and I will remember you. Yeah. So all of it I find, uh, I find a little weird because he, uh, Angel's not that into it. He's mm -hmm. never been that into the Shanshu. Um, he doesn't really, I mean, he had like a brief moment where he was kind of excited about it, but, um, but I mean, that died out and he is here doing what he needs to do, doing good for good's sake and not doing it for a reward. So fighting with Spike over it felt just soft. It felt just narratively soft for me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, another thing to stake is the suddenly corporeal Spike. Like, here's the thing. I want Spike to have his body back. I want Spike to be corporeal. I've been I've been getting a little bit tired of this whole ghostly Spike thing, you mm -hmm. know, because um, it gets a little old. But we have spent this whole season with Fred desperately looking for things to make Spike corporeal again. She's been working her ass off on this whole thing. So we have, you know, one of our protagonists working very hard toward a, a completely, like, difficult, challenging, and very specific goal. And then all of a sudden, while she's in another room, there's an Amazon box that has a flash bomb <laughs> in it. And the next thing you know... Spike's just corporeal, and I guess that's it. I guess we're not going to talk about, like, why or what amulet came in the mail, little corporealizing flash bomb came in the mail, and there we go. That's just yeah. – and the thing is, is that every time they don't have an explanation for something, it's this powers that be, senior mm -hmm. partners. Like, what? Yeah. You I know? mean, it was powerful enough to close off the connection to the senior partners. To right. rip the fabric of reality, but it comes through the mail and gets through the bomb detectors or whatever. And, and it's just a flash of light. It's just a it's flash just of light. It's open the box and it's like, a flash of light. What? You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, the the whole thing just felt really disappointing to me. And, you know, and getting some sense of, like, what that's supposed to be about and what this is meant for. And instead, we just keep getting these questions. Well, how do you know the amulet wasn't meant for you? How do you know you're not the Shanshu vampire? How do you know? Da, 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 da? Well, I don't know. TV show, it's kind of your job to start answering some of those questions. <laughs> not instead my fucking of, job, Tutu. Not Put my fucking job, Tutu. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So then we've got, oh, God, Eve. And oh no, are Eve's tender little fragile feelings hurt that nobody Aww. likes her? Do you really think, Eve, that we are supposed to believe that you give a flying fuck whether any of these people like you? You know, she's just like going in this whole, I don't know what it is with Fred, trying to like pull on Fred's sympathy or whatever. I don't even know. I don't even know. But it was really irritating. And in the end, we have all of this stuff 
And Eve just sweeps in and says, well, the senior partners just, you know, swept it up. This whole ripping the fabric of reality. It turns out they were working on it the whole time. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? What? So the senior partners, it doesn't matter. Like, so now we have this rip in the fabric of reality. And then the senior partners were able to fix that. And nobody, you know, like it was all, oh, they have to go and resolve this and drink from the cup of eternal torment and blah, 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 blah. What? But the but the senior partners can just fix that, that's like rip in reality. It's just, again, yeah. it's all so soft and it's all so yeah. muddied and it and, just and gets Cirque worse. And just strolls away. Yeah. And nobody Cirque hunts him down. wanders off and gets the uptown bus. I don't know. <laughs> What the hell happened to Cirque? Um, it's all just, it just is so narratively soft. It's spongy. Mm -hmm. It's not holding together. And like the story here is getting to be such a mess. The moment to moment stuff can be really, really fun. But the story itself is becoming a mess. And then we have this redux of Billy. Yeah. You know, where Gun again, being taken over by a mystical effect that makes him attack a woman. You know, and I'm like, yeah, this wasn't a misogynistic effect, specifically the way that the Billy one was. Um, but it's still really reminiscent of that thing that we've already done to a certain degree. Um, and, you know, I mean, yeah, he attacked Eve. So I guess that's OK. <laughs> I don't really care for Eve, but I mean, I don't know. Like it just, it felt to me like we were doing this same thing again in the, in the way that people are like attacking and being like mystically violent. And it just felt like we already did it and did it better in Billy. So maybe not visit that again. Yeah. And also maybe not put gun through that again. Yeah. You know, through this, like, uh, this is the second time I've, you know, attacked a woman under the mystical influence. Like, that's not a great thing for him to go through without even addressing it, without, like, talking about the fact that this has happened to him again. Right. You know? Yeah. Kind of like Cordelia and mystical pregnancies. It just keeps happening. <laughs> we'll just go right back to that well. Um, and the only other thing, really, that I hated in this is that we got Lauren in one scene for three lines and then we're just like oh he's gonna go hide in his office like right why we have Lauren why are we not using Lauren you know we just had that whole story that was about him life of the party you know mm -hmm. um and we didn't give him any agency in it he didn't you know solve his own problem he didn't figure his own shit out yeah. he had to be rescued you know and it's just and, and where is the Spike Angel duet singing for Lorne so he can uh -huh. try to see what's going on right. with their destinies? Like, that's what he right. does. Because every time anybody sings for Lorne in the last, I don't know, season and a half, he's always, like, not been able to read them properly. Yeah. So we've taken we've taken the thing that he has, this, this empathic ability, this ability to, when people are singing, be able to tell what's going on with them, you know? Um, it was such a huge part of the team. And now he's just being sidelined. And in this one, I mean, one scene, three lines, and he's like, I'm going to go hide in my office. And that's it? Yeah. Really? You know? Um, so, yeah, I found that to be... I just it's just a waste it's a waste of that talent and it's a waste mm -hmm. of Lorne and we're not we don't have a role for him in Wolferman Heart so we've made him kind of like this side story you know that we've got to just address and get him off the stage you know rather than actually giving him power and giving him things to do 
So yeah, I don't particularly care for that. Um, but that moves us into research mode where I'm like, okay, uh, so there's a prophecy, right? That says the vampire with a soul who is a champion, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, even if there are two, the prophecy is only referring to one. And the defining quality of destiny is that it is predestined. So whichever vampire champion is the Shanshu champion, like the universe already knows who it is. Right. The fact that we may have misinterpreted it thinking it was Angel when it was Spike or that now the fact that we might interpret it to mean possibly Spike when it's Angel doesn't change the prophecy because the prophecy freaking knows that's why they wrote it because they already know. So the idea that that two vampires with souls who have been champions would threaten the fabric of the universe because a predestined prophecy that already knows the answer is like, well, there could be two now. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, all of it, all of it felt again, really spongy, really weird. And so, okay. So like, I'm trying to understand, did Lindsay make spike corporeal? Was this all them? And then set off all the bad stuff and then sent Angel and Spike on a wild Mountain Dew chase for reasons of why. <laughs> like, I understand he's enjoying fucking with them. And if we have a Ethan Rain, like, appreciating the chaos, mischief, trickster hero thing going on, then I am all for it. Except that it seems like he's really trying to mess with people. Like, he's trying to do something. And the senior partners had nothing to do with anything, but the big cat is gone into a howling abyss. So that's serious mojo. But I don't like what, what? And when Eve comes back, she's like, the senior partners, you know, don't know anything. And Cirque managed to disappear. And they like, how did you, how did you rip a hole in the reality of the world was, I don't like, I don't understand any of it. No, it doesn't make any sense. And and then like the other research questions that they need to address, right? It's like, mm -hmm. who who drew Lindsay's tattoos and when mm -hmm. did he get them done? And mm -hmm. how many are there? And can I see them again? <laughs> and <laughs> when did Lindsay and Eve meet? And like, mm -hmm. how, how did they like, and also... The piercing, is that the same one? Is it new? Like, these are the questions I need answered. These like, are the questions. I'm like, basically. yeah, yeah, fabric and yeah. reality, fine. But can we talk about Lindsay's ink? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. I am such yes. a shallow creature. Like, I know, it's but, quite all right. And I completely understand it. But was the good rest of it Lindsay makes again. no mm -hmm. sense. No, it just doesn't make any sense. And at this time, you know, at this point, I'm like, it's it's sometimes I think best when when you're in a situation like this to just not ask to just not ask the questions <laughs> to just accept it and just you're on the right. It's like you know when you wait in line forever and then you get into the roller coaster and the little metal bar comes down and you're like okay I'm in I'm strapped in you know we're yeah. doing this thing <laughs> yeah like at that point you just stop asking questions and just go for the ride and I, I, that's kind of where i am now with angel like trying to figure out how all of this works 
together and you know um like what the memory spell is and you know what is going on with the senior partners and how in the world did Lindsay manage to corporealize spike and rip a hole in the reality and send them on this you know like exactly how much of that was Lindsay? i mean we know that he and eve sent you know gave that job to Cirque. Was it just that they were hopping on a thing that was already happening and then all they did was bring Cirque in? But it seems like that would take a little bit of time to set up just the logistics of getting the Mountain Dew into a goblet in the middle of this space somewhere. <laughs> like it takes a little time and the lighting to figure that out. on the goblet yes. and like the whole yes. <laughs> all of it like that is logistically that takes a little time. So what how much of this were they controlling how much of i don't i i can't my brain just starts to break at a certain point i'm like i have to stop asking these questions so on that i'm gonna brood destiny is a watcher because spike gets de-ghosted and Lindsay returns and eve is confirmed to be no goddamn good which we already knew but aside from that there isn't really much to this episode it's always fun to see drew but she's better in the present not in the past and if we're going to go to the past you got to have some darla you so, gotta have darla that's, that's <laughs> That's my brood. That's my brood. All <laughs> right. So, Kelly, I am going to ask you a question that I already know the answer to. <laughs> what is making you still thirsty this week? Oh, man. See, this is when you need a goblet. Yes. Honey. Like a mm -hmm. goblet because we have dark a goblet Wesley. goblet of perpetual thirst. Right? Dark <laughs> Wesley in one corner and Lindsay McDonald in the other. And girl. Mm -hmm. Like. Yeah. Girl. <laughs> 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 it's some good stuff yeah it's some real good stuff it's All right, real so good Kelly, what's your favorite part oh god when fred told wesley you know part yeah. of you knew it wasn't him and wesley said no i was sure it was him like mm -hmm. such a declaration of love yes. and so tormented for wesley and so perfect mm -hmm. for that character oh it yeah. was oh god it was so I great i love it, it i was love so it great. so much what about you what was your favorite part Oh, God, that the second, the second he even looked at Fred, man, Wesley just shot him, just shot him a bunch. And I really <laughs> loved it. I love the shock. I love the vomiting. Alexis Denisoff did such a great job. I felt all of that. It was mm -hmm. unbelievably good. And I am going to go back and watch Lineage again. It was so good. It was so good. It was so good. We want to hear your thoughts. To join in the discussion on Twitter, follow Lonnie at Lonnie Diane Rich, and I'm at Dr. Kelly Jones, and use the hashtag StillDead. StillDead and everything Chipperish Media produces is made free and ad-free by the generous patrons who support us to the tune of a dollar a month or more and make it possible for us to beat the hell out of Angel and drink out of the cup of perpetual torment. Visit <laughs> patreon.com slash chipperish to find out more. This episode of Still Dead is brought to you by the Chipperish Media Producers. Support us on Patreon at the power producer level. These people are the reason why Still Dead is coming to you free and ad-free right now. So thank you to our November producers, Jonathan, Noel, Kristen, Alyssa, Erica, Shelley, Alice, Abigail, and Sarah. And this week's special message for our power producers, ghost fights, id monsters, killer cyborgs. It's a wonder with all the hijinks you people ever get any work done. Visit patreon.com slash chipperish to find out how you too can become a still dead producer. Other ways to show your support, write a great review on Apple Podcasts, tell your friends about the show, or by stealing Angel's Viper, which is your Viper now, possession being nine-tenths and all. 
We'll be back next time with Season 5, Episodes 9 and 10, Harm's Way, which is a skipper, and Soul Purpose, which is a watcher. Until then, uh, sexual robots is more common than most people think. (laughs) 